Hey friends, it's Rod here. Apologies if I sound a bit more nasal than I usually do. I am a little bit sick. I am just editing this week's podcast episode and thought an introduction might be a good idea because last Sunday was a reflective stations week. That's something that we do occasionally where instead of just one long talky bit, we give people the opportunity to move around the space and engage with different reflective stations. This time it was reflective stations from the wisdom books that we've been looking at, quotes and questions. Uh, but I thought it would be still a good idea to publish this as a podcast episode because Shane's introduction to the Reflective Stations is a, a beautiful summary of the series so far, looking at Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and Job. And it is also an encouragement to you, I guess, once you've listened to this, to, to seek out the stations. I'm pretty sure Shane is going to publish them, but if he hasn't and you're interested, you can reach out to him and ask him to send them through to you. They were uh, beautiful stations and reflections, so it might be something that you can do yourself. So in this episode, it's just Shane's introduction, then of course the 20 minutes where we did the reflective stations is cut out, and then there's a short kind of outro from Shane and a lead into communion. So that's that's the episode. You might want to pause after he does his introduction to the stations to um, to do the stations if you can access them or to seek them out. But even if you don't do that, this might be a good listen just to um, get up to speed with the series so far if you haven't listened to the other episodes and you don't really have the energy to do that. Um, I get it. All right, so that's enough from me. I'll hand over to uh, Shane. For those of you who don't know me, I am Shane. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, and I'm one of the people that has the pleasure of working with and for this community, for which I'm actually really grateful. I never thought I'd find myself saying that, but here I am. Um, it's a pretty lovely space. So, yeah, we are a few weeks into a series on um, the wisdom literature in the Hebrew Bible, and we have selected probably the three most recognized wisdom uh, books in the, uh, in the Hebrew Bible of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job, and we've kind of been tracking through them the last few weeks, uh, all in the lead up to another series. This is actually just a prequel, so it's a bit of a bait and switch, uh, but I'll tell you about that next week. Um, but this is to kind of lay some groundwork for some stuff that we want to talk about this year. And this morning is one of those ones where I get to talk less, hooray, uh, and you get to do some activities, which is fun. Uh, so at some stage, in case I forget, there's some pens up here, but your task this morning, your first task, the primary task in life, is to uh, find a working pen if you can. Uh, if you can pass that, then I'm pretty sure you can make it through the rest of life just fine. If you can do that without swearing and kicking things, that'd be great. Uh, don't have to do that now. It's okay. You'll have time for that in a moment. 
so just to really briefly recap, uh, because some of you have been here for bits of this, and some of you be, have been listening along from afar, and some of you have just wandered in uh, thinking this is the pub. Um, we have um, been looking at Ecclesia- uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job, um, and talking around this idea of creating a community of wisdom, both in this space, but then also in our lives as well. Um, a wisdom tradition is held in a particular culture and develops over time. It becomes like a path pointing people into the direction of how that culture sees living well. It taps into, into um, big life questions like what is, it, what is it to be human? How do we find meaning? How does the world work? How do we live in community? And what are the underlying forces of the universe and how do we relate to them? As I said, we've looked at... Um, three of the books from the Hebrew Bible, uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job, and explored the ways that in which they fulfill different functions um, of what it is to live a wise life. So we're just going to do a really brief overview of each one this morning in case you're unfamiliar with them. Um, this is going to be a very bastardized version of each of them. There's multiple wisdom strands and there's arguments within each of these texts. Um, so we're just kind of going to do a bit of a bird's eye view really briefly. Um, Proverbs first. What stood out about Proverbs for you? How would you describe the book? What is it trying to do? Good in theory. Good in theory, I guess. Yeah. Do the right thing and you'll be rewarded. Yeah, that's a pretty good summary. An instruction manual with no troubleshooting, but that's a great description of it. That's a great description. So Proverbs is like a series of speeches and then a ton of kind of like pithy sayings from an ancient culture. Some of it borrowed from other cultures, some of it um, grounded in um, Hebrew culture. And basically it was a kind of an instruction manual for young men who are entering court. So you're dealing with people of immense privilege who are going to have immense responsibility, um, who are hopped up high on testosterone and drunk with their own power um, and ready to go out in the world and do some damage. And it's kind of like a dad going, hey, yeah, yeah, before you go out the door, just don't forget about STIs. So <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of a, a container to live within for the first half of life. And, uh, and you can do a bit of um, listening back if you want to hear a bit more about the first half of life. But basically, um, in Richard Rohr and Carl Jung and some others um, talk about the first half of life as effectively being doing the work of, um, of finding out what meaning, success, and security look like and how to attain them. Um, first half of life wisdom is about giving a container to live with them, live within so that you don't just start out um, going like, the world is meaningless, it's so empty and I'm lost. It's about going, make your bed, tidy your sock drawer, and your socks will be easier to find, like things like that. It's like really foundational and important stuff. Um, it's realizing that we have a world, we have an ego and power and a world of responsibilities and how does a community shape that for goodness and meaning? Um, Proverbs is the book of consequences. It's the book of don't forget that your actions will come back to you. If you do this, these things will probably happen. Um, it's a book, book of long-term thinking. It's the, sure, you can go out and like, get drunk every night, but if you do that for your entire life, you're going to end up with a lot of <laughs> liver disease. Um, it's about long-term thinking and planning for the future. Um, and it's also, in some ways, 
as much as, like, Proverbs is my least favorite because it's the one that kind of got abused the most in my childhood. Um, but to give it some credit, it's also the one that gives enough security to say, don't be overwhelmed. The world makes some kind of sense that you can return to. And this is how it works. Um, so it's a good, lots of it is a good gift to give to um, people starting out in life. It's not the whole gift. It's not everything. Ecclesiastes and Job come hot on its heels to mess it up um, and question everything. <laughs> um, Ecclesiastes is a book, uh, and again, a bastardization of it is to say it's a bird's eye view of life from someone who has had it all and found it a bit pointless. Um, does anyone else want to add on Ecclesiastes of your experience of it, of a summary, a point? Observation. It's existential. Yeah, it's very existential. Yeah. Hopeful nihilism. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, elements of that there. Anything else? Cool. That's good. Um, so Ecclesiastes is kind of the everything is meaningless, everything is vapor. Um, life is short. Um, sometimes you do all the right things. It's very anti-Proverbs. It's like I've done all the right things and nothing's worked out, or I've done all the right things and it all worked out, and even though I've got everything, all of that's pointless. It doesn't actually satisfy me in the long run anyway, so what's, what's even the point? Um, good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people, so why are you telling me that if you're good, then life will work out for you? Um, what's even the point of tri- trying? It's, it's, a, it's an incredible book in that one of its... Um, one of its kind of like key features is this, is this realization that our desires will never be sated. That no matter what we desire, um, that if we think the thing that we're chasing is going to suddenly make life complete and make us fulfilled and then we'll never have any other problems and we'll feel like everything's done now, that life just doesn't work out like that. So Ecclesiastes asks the question of what do you do when you've had everything and found it empty? Well, what do you do when you've done all the right things and life doesn't work out? Um, Job, Job is an ancient fable, um, and it's in other cultures also. Uh, and it introduces this God character uh, who <laughs> doesn't like to be tested. Uh, Job starts with this kind of like divine counsel and the God character in it. Um, and I say the God character if you're not unfamiliar with this terminology, because... Uh, the God character is very much introduced as a character in a fable. Um, you might have had Job described to you as being like God, the very description of God, the God we must believe in. And uh, if you want a little bit more packaging around that, you can visit, revisit Rod's talk from last week around some of that stuff. But um, we prefer to think of this, this God as the God character, as a caricature of a kind of God that we are asking questions about whether the, tr- the divine is truly like this. Um, there's a good man who's got it all, um, and the accuser comes to God and says, he only loves you because you've given him everything. How about you be really nasty to him or let nasty things happen and then see if he really loves you? And because the God character is so proud (laughs) uh, and cruel, uh, the God character cannot let this accusation stand and just basically lets um, trouble visit this character Job. Um, 
with plagues and boils and lots of pussy things and loses children and all of this kind of stuff. Um, in come terrible friends, uh, who I refer to as the Proverbs friends, who say, of course you've got boils and plagues because you must have done something wrong. See, Proverbs says it right there. Um, and Job's like, I didn't do anything wrong. This is ridiculous. I am the upright person who's done everything right. Um, go away and leave me alone. I'm just going to sulk for a while. And then Job accuses God of being terrible. Fair enough. Um, and God responds and says, you know, you're right. It's not because you've done anything wrong. But you don't know how the universe works. Have you ever seen a large hippopotamus? I didn't think so. Um, <laughs> and, and God rests it at that. Like, um, you're not the center of the universe, Job. I know how hippopotamuses and um, crocodiles work, and you don't. So you're just going to have to accept it um, there. And then gives Job everything back and doesn't deal with the... Um, trauma of the fact that Job, Job lost everything in the first place, including his children, and that new children don't necessarily make losing older children okay. So Job, look, I'm not sure it's like trauma-informed, if we're, if we're, being, if we're being honest. Um, but again, it asks the question of, is there justice in the universe? What is God like? If God is as God has been portrayed sometimes, is that fair, and can I love that God, and can I believe in that God? Um, and the great news is you get to work that out. Um, Job isn't there to tell you this is exactly what God's like, so shut up and stop asking questions. It's not that book. Okay. So that will frame some of the reflective stations. Um, I just want to talk really quickly about some spheres of wisdom. Um, there's an Old Testament scholar who we talk a bit about called Walter Brueggemann who talks about um, Psalms, uh, and faith orientation in terms of orientation, disorientation, and reorientation. And orientation is becoming familiar with the basics, um, becoming familiar with the innate goodness of the world. Disorientation is being brought into an experience that questions all of that and ruptures it and complicates it for you. And reorientation is the process of resynthesizing those things together and going... I don't want to live in disorientation forever. I don't want to live in the meaningless of life forever, but I can no longer return to kind of the basic naive simplicity of everything's good, the world is good, everything works out. So how do I work those things in together? Um, so these books kind of function in those spheres and different strands of these books function in different ones. But if we're to kind of lump, lump them in together, um, Proverbs is an orientation book. Job and Ecclesiastes are disorientation books with elements of reorientation, and then our task is to kind of reorientate in the, in the wake of them. Um, our task is not to approach any piece of these books as this kind of um, infallible, concrete, practical, timeless ad advice, but recognize that all wisdom varies in both quality and in kind. And I just want to take you through maybe one way of thinking about these. Um, oh, this is definitely not going to work because the USB bit is still in here, but I'm just going to click it and pretend I'd have Matthew. Yeah, and that's excellent. Um, I forgot to insert this in Matthew before we started, so um, you pay a high price for being a sound tech around here. Um, so I just want you to think about like advice that you get uh, through these four lenses. Um, there's good advice, that's just good advice, that fits you for where you are, that reveals something to you that you may have already known and needed confirmed, or something new that you think like, yeah, that resonates. 
there's bad advice. Um, there's bad advice in ancient, this ancient wisdom. Um, spare the rod, spoil your child. <laughs> uh, it's better to live on the corner of a roof than with a nagging wife. This is, this is, it's just, it's not timeless, ancient, wonderful wisdom. It's terrible um, because it comes out of an ancient patriarchal culture. The women didn't get to write back and say, uh, you'd nag a lot too if your um, husband didn't do any of the uh, dependent care relationships in the family. Um, <laughs> it was a lazy bastard. Uh, there's untimely advice, which is good advice at the wrong time. And it might be the wrong time because the person giving it is just really bad at reading the situation. And it might be the wrong time because you're actually in the wrong, but you're not ready to hear it yet. Um, untimely advice is, is advice that can be just fine if delivered in the right way in the right time when um, it's ready to be received. Um, and then there's limited advice. Limited advice is like a lot of proverbs, which is, actually really good in lots of ways, like the ones that talk about, you know, be generous and you'll have stuff come back to you. Because if we all live in a world of generosity, then we live in a better place and we're all more likely to flourish. But it's limited in that it doesn't take everything into account because you can give everything away, as many of you who have been involved in churches have, um, and still be really, really poor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so even as you encounter some of the advice around some of the reflection stations, just remember that this, this stuff isn't supposed to be a hammer to beat you with, but like a candle to invite you into a particular space. Um, each of these stations represents and reflects different strands from within these texts. There's some, a couple of Proverbs stations, there's a couple of Ecclesiastes stations, there's a couple of Job stations. Um, and again... I invite you to rest in the experience of each station and try and find the portion of wisdom that it contains. Try and resist the urge to go straight to its limitations, all the parts that irritate you. Because I know we're a community that has our defenses up for good reason against bad advice. Um, but there's an opportunity here to lean into something without, while realizing that all of this advice and all of this um, wisdom is limited in its own way. Um, each station has got note paper, which looks like this, and sticky notes, which look like this. Uh, this is for each of you to decide how you want to respond. Some of you, like me, if faced with a large piece of note paper, finds the task overwhelming of filling that page, and so would just rather write on a sticky note. Um, but if you need more space, and you're one of those people who isn't overawed by such a thing, then feel free to write on note paper. What you do with your responses is completely up to you. You can pocket them and keep them for yourself um, and make them private reflections, or you can leave them on the table if you want to and make them um, something that other people can draw from. And, of course, keep them anonymous is always good. Um, but if you want to kind of contribute to the conversation that other people can reflect on, then you can leave them on the table as well. Um, I encourage you to... Uh, dip a toe in the stations before working out whether you commit to them. <laughs> some of them run a lot deeper um, than others. Um, some of them take you to hard places. And if you're not in this phase this morning where you want hard places to go to, um, then by all means, choose to opt out of that table or just opt out of the entire exercise altogether and just talk amongst yourselves, drink tea, have a moment of silence, um, leave. That's totally fine as well. This is for you to use... Um, as something to be beneficial for you. So you will be the best person to know what state you are in 
Um, we're going to take maybe about, I don't know, 20-ish minutes. We'll see how things are going. Um, you don't feel any pressure to participate in all of the stations. If you just want to rest with one, that's fine. If you want to just dip in and out of them, that's totally cool too. Um, a couple of them have exercises on them that you may want to do as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything I've got to say. So there's some pens up here. There's some pens and buckets around the place on the tables. Um, there's sticky notes and notepaper on each. Oh, if you want to do colouring or texturing, um, if in New Zealand that's a felt, so it's just like trying to be cross-cultural wherever possible. Um, yeah. So feel free to um, pick a station, wander around. You can you can scan all of them before you commit too, if you want to. Hopefully there was some space for you in there. Um, you're more than welcome to take more time afterwards if you like, or steal bits of reflective questions off the tables and stuff if you want to take them home. Um, I'll post them up somewhere this week so that if you want to do more of this, you can. Um, doing this exercise for me, uh, as I was kind of sitting with it through the week, did a lot of stuff. Um, one of which I really wanted to spend some more time writing to my younger self. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you resonated with that, but um, maybe this week could be a good opportunity to take some time to speak some kind words um, to those past versions of yourself, um, ones that might have been given terrible <laughs> advice earlier, ones that might have not been prepared for the way the world was, um, and just speak some kindness and love to that version of yourself. Um, it also just really hit home for me just that I feel profoundly lucky because I have an unbelievably good circle of wisdom in my life. Um, and, yeah, I just hope that we can continue to be a community of wisdom in this place as we sit and learn and grow together. Um, but that for each of us also can recognise the gifts of people that get brought into our lives that can be sources of wisdom and guidance and strength for us so that we don't feel like we're making it up all by ourselves because um, that's a terrible place to be. So, yeah. We are going to eat and drink together. Um, Jesus in the New Testament um, is compared with Sophia um, in Proverbs, the woman of wisdom, as the embodiment of the woman of wisdom. And there's something in the Hebrew Scriptures in the New Testament alike which creates a connection between the idea of wisdom and the person of the divine, that actually we're not just following a set of rules and ideas, but actually we're seeking out the person of the divine at the centre of it all. There's a relationality to it. And so today for us, communion can be an opportunity to tap into and connect with um, Jesus as wisdom, as the divine, um, but a particular kind of wisdom, the wisdom which is grounded in love, which is grounded in the inherent dignity of all humanity, which is grounded in the kind of love that makes space for others. And so this is an opportunity for us to make space for each other and to have space made for us. <laughs>